Welcome back to another episode of Bebo's Balls, a podcast where two avid Longhorn fans talk about UT sports from football to baseball and everything in between. I'm your host, Thomas. As always, joining me is James. How are you doing tonight, man? What's up, man? Freezing my ass off. That's how we're doing tonight. I'm pretty sure everyone in Texas is kind of feeling the same way. But um, yeah, doing good, man. We're fresh off National Signing Day. You know, uh, another great year for Sark so far. You know, we still have another one to go. Um but yeah, man, we're doing good. Can't complain. Holidays are here. So that time of year where the month just kind of flies by and you don't even really know what day it is sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Like today is my last day of work until the third. So I won't have no t- sense of time for those for that week and a half, really. But yeah, you know, just uh, coming off of that signing day, uh, everybody pretty much signed. Like, and then... We got an early Christmas present, and DeAndre Moore just signed like 30 minutes ago before we started recording. So that's a nice plus. Mm-hmm. So, and then, I think out of the out of the guys that signed, who were you more who were, who were you worried about the most that might uh, flip? 100% Derek Williams. I think I kind of talked about that earlier on the podcast, but um, yeah, Derek Williams. Even from the day he signed, I was always kind of felt like. Man, this is going to be one of those guys who might slip away to LSU. Uh, when LSU had their little hot streak and, you know, they were going to an A&M, going into the A&M game with, like, almost, you know, a playoff spot, um, playing for a playoff spot, I'm like, man, there's no way this commitment's going to stick. And uh, I definitely didn't think he was going to sign this go-around. And I thought he was going to push it till February. And when he, saw, he was one of the first kids to send his letter in. And I'm like, damn. It's big, you know, especially in a position of need. We need a lot of help, you know, safety and corner depth, you know, depending on, you know, where he plays. And then, you know, anytime, you know, Louisiana is a hotbed for, you know, uh, safeties and defensive backs and defensive players, period. So uh, that was my number one. How about you? I, I kind of say, would say the same, um, you know, just because, like, He's a, such a talented player, and from Louisiana, and usually the Louisiana boys that are really talented don't leave Louisiana. They usually stay in there, they go to LSU, and they they ball out. So getting him, so keeping him, getting him signed early was awesome. Um, I, but that, he's maybe maybe Muhammad, but no, he shut his stuff down real early, or. Halfway through the year, he's like, "Hey, I'm done. I'm good with Texas." Uh, but I, I was like, I think I wasn't really worried about anyone else flipping because Archer's like Archer's solid. You know, Baxter, Baxter and Cook want to play with Arch, so they weren't going to go anywhere. Um, you know, Hill, getting Anthony Hill to commit commit late like he did. I didn't think he was going to flip. There's no way he was going to flip. Um, but yeah, I think, um, really nobody, like no one really gave me those, we might lose them vibes. Like I still felt confident with Derek Williams, but you know, he was one that he, like you said, he's just one that could go and it would hurt, but 
we would be all right, but still, I'm glad we got him. Um, Sadir Mitchell was another one that I've kind of heard things about towards like the, towards signing day, where maybe he was kind of flipping, and he was one of those kids where he's a little right outside the you know the top 200. Um, but with the once they get the the boosted rankings. Or the you know the updated rankings, he's definitely going to shoot up the board. He's going to get a you know a really he's going to move up a lot higher. But I'm not too sure what the discrepancy was. He's from New Jersey, maybe staying a little bit closer to home. But ultimately, he ended up signing as well. Uh, this seemed like one of those uh, almost like a Mac Brown signing day to me. Like everybody was yeah. on board early. Everything went as planned. There wasn't a lot of you know hoopla or drama and. Um, yeah, you know, and then we had a couple of JUCO guys come on board, or not JUCO guys, transfer guys. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, it was like business as usual. And I think the difference between this year and years before is, I, you know, we have always, you know, been in the top ten for recruiting or top five most years. But I feel like it was a lot of skill players, skill players, skill players. And the last two years have been different because we've really gone out there and addressed positions of people. Last year, we definitely needed help in the offensive line, and we went out there and signed probably the best offensive line class in the history of college football, and we had immediate impact starters in that class. You know, uh, probably one of the best left tackles in the country and easily the best freshman left tackle in the country uh, come on. And then this year, we desperately needed help at linebacker, and we went out and signed one of the probably best linebacker classes Texas has ever signed. And yeah. the number one, and then this is one of the first years I can remember where we pulled a number one a position player, quarterback, running back, and linebacker, and obviously and it should be receiver too. Like, for sure, like, yeah. like who is the number one receiver? Like, uh, do you even know? I can find out. I mean, he probably went to Ohio State. That's where they all go. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, but yeah, like you're saying, you know that linebacker class we pulled in four linebackers. And all, I think, have different, you know, little different, like, body types and little different, like, skill sets. So that's going to be interesting how, how they be used. Uh, you know one of those guys get a chance, most likely Hill, but he's going to get a chance to play early because um, we'll need someone besides Ford. So so the number one composite uh, wide receiver is Zachariah Branch out of uh, Bishop Gorman. In Las Vegas, uh, that was where uh, Tate Martell's from. He signed to uh, USC. And he's a little guy, five ten, one seventy two, but uh, he's an Jurian Dickey from Palo, East Palo Alto, California. He's signed to Oregon. Hakeem Williams uh, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's from Florida State. Brandon Ennis, uh, he's number four. He's from Fort Lauderdale. He's Ohio State. Uh, Mikey Lemon, he's from California as well. He's going to USC. Then you got Jonte Cook. And like I said, this is a composite, so it's uh, it's you know all of the guys, all the recruiting services averaged mm-hmm. into one. And then um, uh, Jalen Hale, who from Longview, which was a guy we were in on. I think he wasn't he committed and decommitted from us. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know we were almost in there. We almost had two. Uh, top 10 receivers and then right at number 12 in the composite is Ryan Niblett who was a key signed to Texas as well so you know and then DeAndre Moore sitting at 17 so you know we locked up three uh, top 20 guys Jaden Greyhouse sitting at 22 he signed Notre Dame he was a Westlake kid who we were kind of in it on and then left Uh, I don't think his family wasn't from 
Austin. They just kind of moved here to work kind of thing. So it wasn't like he was a, it wasn't like we lost a kid in our backyard, even though he played in our backyard. But, uh, you know, up, up until today, I was kind of worried because we, the last two classes, we've only signed like with two receivers each class. It wasn't very deep. And, you know, we're, there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know if Whittington's going to be back for sure. Um, luckily X is staying. He's changed his number to one. That was the the big thing. That, you know, the most drama we had from him so far. Um, who else? Nayor. We don't know if Nayor's going to be back. Lost Hall. So, well, we don't, like, Nayor, like, he, he most likely will be back, but we don't back, know at what percent. Yeah, we. that's what I meant. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I, we don't know if he's going to still be that same deep threat dynamic player he was because – you know, with these knee injuries, we've come a long way with them, but you just never know. You know, you can't really bank on that. So Yeah, and it's like uh, with Troy and Murray, like, you know, we could have the best surgeons working on but if you don't – I don't want to say it's all mental, but, mo- like, you know, I listened to Ron Miller was speaking. He was on, um, on the Pat McAfee show, and he's talking about, you know, I know Ron Miller's a naggy, but give, I'll give him his props, like, He's had a couple of ACL surgeries and he's come back stronger from them. And he's like, it's seventy percent mental. So like these guys, like these guys can get it through their head. Like these doctors know what they're doing. If they say, I'm not gonna, like, it's good to go, then and, and be able to trust them. And let's trust them. Let's get out there. But yeah, I think most of that injury, I, I've, you know, I've torn my ACL and and coming back from like, yeah, yeah, you gotta get rehab, you gotta do that. But like, I wasn't playing sports or anything. I was doing playing intramurals, but like, I don't know, going out and playing intramurals again, it's kind of, it's a weird feeling to make that first cut again and run around. Like, it's just like, is that knee going to hold up again or is it just going to go again? So yeah, I understand that part of it for sure. Yeah. You know, I've battled some injuries as well. And even like to now it's full strength. It's strong, but there's other lagging things that affects it. Like my hips, my lower back, you know, different yeah. and uh, you, you just never know, man. And so I'm glad we we're able to go out there and get a couple of, uh, you know, guys who can stretch the field, especially like John C. Cook and DeAndre Moore, uh, Ryan Niblett too. He's, he's, he's lightning speed, like track speed. So um, that, I think looking back at our offense from this year, that was the number one thing we couldn't do. But, you know, we didn't have that guy to be able to blow the top off as much as, as fast as worthy was. He just, to me, that's just not what he does. He's a crisp route runner. He's going to, you know, get open uh, with his route running abilities, and he just really couldn't track the ball very well, like we talked about all year long. Yeah, so we were, we were able to go out there and address that need and get some depth. So, And it's always great yeah. to have guys who can potentially go out there and play day one. Which I think we all think John Cook is that guy. Yeah, I think, you know, so say Whittington comes back, you know, X, it's X and Whittington, and then who's the third receiver? Is Casey Kane going to step up and be the third receiver? Or is Cook or Niblet or Noyer or any of these guys, like, who's going to come up and be it? Don't forget, so, Sa- Savion Red was making a lot of noise, remember, in the preseason? And, you know, yeah. they were talking about he was going to be a starter, and then he just kind of, you know, fell down the depth chart. Uh, Casey Kane was a guy who got a lot of, you know uh, – Sark had him out there a lot and, you know, threw the ball his way and he had some drop issues, but he also, you know, had some, some pretty good plays. Uh, luckily I think wide receiver is one of those positions where you can really impact the game as a true freshman. 
Um, mm. The learning curve isn't as big as, you know, some of these other positions. But, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's Naylor. You know, ho- hopefully he comes back and he's good to go and it's X, Whittington, and Naylor out there. And then you got the rest of these guys kind of, you know, by committee funneling in where needed. But, you know, I, man, I think – did you see Jonte Cook in the state championship game? Yeah, that – when he took a hitch to the house. Yeah, and he was just doing that all year long, man. I think he had one game with, like, five touchdowns. I, I think he's going to be that dude. And I, I don't – he's been a vocal leader in this recruiting class, hands down. Arch I, – I think Arch probably had a lot to do with a lot of guys behind the scenes that we don't know about. But Cook was that dude on Twitter chirping, yeah. talking shit. And I think hopefully that carries over to the locker room. Obviously, you want to go in there and, you know – earn your respect and give the respect to the guys who've been there. But also, man, you got to have that vocal leader, you know, get guys hyped up, drop, get, make a, you know, uh, drop a ball, make a bad, you know, route or something and get on their ass, get them going. And, you know, that's something I feel like we've been, we've been missing and we're losing a lot of leaders. Our two main leaders on this football team are gone. Bijan and Roshan will not be back next year. So yeah, that that's yeah. just my opinion. I, I think Arch is the kind of the guy that just, you know, he leans over and he'll, he'll whisper into your ear and he'll get you, like, he'll, like, you know, he'll talk to you and it's like, it's go that way. And be, like, he's quiet about it, but he says the right things. Cook stands up in front of you and stands up in front of everybody and just goes and talks and does everything. So I think I, I'm excited to see what those, like, you know, kind of what those two guys can do together. That's going to be fun. And they're going to have one of the best offensive lines that Texas is, will be producing when they're both sophomores. So, um, you know, Banks will be a junior. You have, you have the Campbell brothers. I know they're not real brothers, but, you know, just got less names. And then no telling who else. Uh, you know, I have, I think Majors would be gone, but. You just have a lot of people. You'll have a lot of depth and a lot of experience at center. For but sure. you know what? You know what's crazy? We're gonna talk about a different team or different school real quick. But did you see how well Oregon did in on National Signing Day? Oh yeah, and they even they lost like five flips. Was, yeah. And Junior nice. Angelau signed up there with them. Who? Junior Angelau. Oh, Angelau. I thought he was going to Tennessee is what I thought I saw. No, that's Carrot. Carrot. Oh, really? Angelau's up. Oh, that's great, man. You know, I'm always going to root for guys, especially like Carrick and Angelau. It's like they were leaders on this team. They played their part. You know, Carrick came in and did the, uh, you know, the, what is it? The sixth off the jumbo yeah. package. Carrick probably would have been a starter um, if it wasn't for his knee injury in the summer, which – you know, you never want to wish, you know, injury on anybody, but it pl- it worked out best for us because it gave us long-term uh, depth and we probably wouldn't have had some of these guys in positions if it wasn't for him going down. But, you know, and more power to you. get your money, get your playing time. Um, I'm happy for those guys. But yeah, they, they, they tore it up, man. Yeah, they, they, I was watching it. Like, I like watching Oregon play. Like just their offense is te- their tempo is Fun to watch, and they like right after Texas had, you know, like when Vince left, they had a net guy named Dennis Dixon, and he kind of reminded me of Vince Young a lot until he tore his ACL. But 
Oregon's always because like, like it's always, always fun to watch Oregon because they're playing it's a night you mostly yeah. most of the time it's a night game so you're just like all right I'm gonna cap the game off with this, some funky uniforms and the high speed offense so but um so getting back to Texas it's so right now we have 25 people signed is there do we have room for any more is there oh yeah there's uh I'm trying to think of who hasn't committed yet. I should have probably pulled that up. But everybody on the twenty-four, everybody that I saw on twenty-four-seven was signed. I didn't think I didn't see anybody that was not signed yet. Yeah. I, so luckily for us, I mean, we can take as mu- technically we can take as much as we want, and with attrition, you know, because there's gonna be another portal period uh, after spring ball, and there's another yeah. up. So you make it work, right? Um, but I mean, I don't really see us taking much more. Unless like um, what's the safety from Arkansas? The he we were in it from uh, Jad Catalan, yeah, Jaden Catalan. Like if he shows interest or you know, unless it's someone like that who comes along. I Sark's presser said, you know, we're not going to go fishing for the sake of catching fish. It's gonna, you know, they have to make sense to the program. But man, overall, I'm pretty happy with the class. Um, you know, hope maybe. He, uh, he well, who was it? Uh, Millie said, you know, there's possible two two more flips today. Moore was one of them. So uh, I don't know who the next one might be. But even you know, in the transfer portal, we we got you know Gavin Holmes. Uh, I, think, I think he's going to be huge. Like, you know, we brought in Watts last year, and then you know, Watts and Holmes on the opposite side. Almost sounds like uh, good move. Yeah, so I don't. Watts is one of those guys where, you know, he's eligible to go to the draft. I think he's probably going to uh, come back, but you just – you never know with some of those kids. I, so, think he would, I think he would have declared already if he wasn't – I think he yeah, would have well, been – Well, I think they probably have to wait for draft grades and stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're – like. Oh, they already, they already got draft grades back. think they got draft grades back? Because, like, normally they've already – like, kids are already already – if they're going to the draft – they're already they're already sitting out. They already know yeah. they're sitting out. So I think Watts and Ford will be back for one more year, uh, which is awesome for the defense. Sweat uh, will come back. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, um, what's his name? The five star from Bass Trout. Collins. Uh, yeah, Alfred Collins can pay up to some of that potential, kind of like how because you know last year. Uh, Coburn, which is one of my favorite players, but he was terrible in 2000, you know, what, 21. And he played himself into the draft. And, you know, maybe uh, he can take that next step and become that guy to kind of anchor that offensive line because we're going to need guys to be able to develop after next year. We a lot of young guys playing in that position. Um, So, but this defense is going to be scary next year, man. You know, we have, we gave up a little bit less than 20. Average is giving up less than 21 points a game, and we're bringing a ton of guys back. Yeah, we're losing, uh, uh, you know, Overshone, Coburn, who else? And Cook. Cook, yeah. But, I mean, there's guys, you know, Austin Jordan got to play a lot. Uh, Terrence Brooks got to play a lot. You know, oh, and, and Jameson, Deshaun Jameson. Yeah, Jameson, which I love Jameson, but. He was he was hurt the last half, like kind of last third of the season, so that's when Brooks got in a lot, got to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll have Thompson and 
Who's that? Who's that kid? What's that kid's name? Number 13? Is it 13? Um, he played corner for us, too, because he's, he's like a nickel guy, almost. Uh, it starts with a B. Uh, Baron. Yeah, I loved him. God, him and Thompson are probably one of my like favorite combos. Like, like I don't, I don't know if Baron ever played safety, but just watching them two play together was awesome. So running down this signing list real quick, like Anthony Hill is guy that can probably go in and get playing time immediately. Um, Johnson Cook. I'm sure we'll see, he'll see the field a lot. Um, Malik Muhammad, Derek Williams, those are two guys who, you know, quarterback and safety, who are in a position of needs. Um, I mean, we could see them. <sighs> Tunso Okana, his sister plays volleyball from uh, for Texas. He was the, one of the, the flips, kind of, or a steal from Oklahoma. And Colton Vosick, he's probably going to get the fifth-star bump on some recruiting services. But I still feel like the edge... Uh, those guys, you know, you you need a year to, in a you know in a strength conditioning program. Yeah. Get big boy weight, you know. Uh, Darren Gillette's another one. So you know, I'm looking down this list, and there's like a there's a lot of talent, but I think there's outside of the skill positions, these guys are gonna need to sit a year and play. You know, except for obviously the transfers, but Anthony Hill, uh, Derek Williams. Don't forget Baxter. Yeah, but I, I mean, I. You think Baxter is going to play over? Uh, I don't think over any. And Keelan. It's all right. Sorry, guys. Oh, it's going to be hard to keep that five-star talent down. I I know Brooks and Blue are both talented on themselves. Keelan, I don't. Like, I don't ever say. Brooks Keelan was a two-star. Yeah, out. Keelan doesn't have a spot on the like he's not a, he doesn't have a spot on the depth chart. He's just he's gonna do everything. He's a jackknife. Yeah, he's like, oh, Keelan, go in now. All right, uh, well, Keelan's gonna run in for five plays. Then we're not gonna use him for the rest of the game like we do sometimes, which makes no sense to us. Makes no sense to me. But like, yeah, like he doesn't have a spot on the depth chart. He's just he's he's everywhere on it. Um, I think Baxter. I think he gets some. I think. But, you know, Brooks is going to go, and, and I, Brooks is a small-town kid. He's going to go in, he's gonna go in, and this is, the bowl game is going to be his game, him and Blue. And they're going to show, okay, they're going to show the staff either, hey, right, hey, we might not need to use Baxter right now. Or, hey, we still got Cedric coming in. We'll be good at running back. And so know? I'm not discrediting Cedric Baxter's talent at all. He reminds me of like Chris Johnson for the Titans, like that. Yeah. Reminds me of as a runner, but I mean I, I'm not discrediting him at all. I just think that highly of Jonathan Brooks one and Jaden Blue. I think we got to see. I see, I saw him live a little bit against Oklahoma. Um, but he, he also didn't. Play, he, he yeah, didn't play he was, a year, right? No, no, he uh, he didn't play his senior year at all. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm not saying I, I we just don't know there, right? And then there's other people behind him as well. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just – I'm well, to me, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played or got playing time, which I think he will get playing time. But I think it's just kind of left to be seen, and I think Jonathan Brooks is that guy. And you kind of touched on something with the bowl game, which we can get on more later. I think the bowl game is less of Roshan and 
Bijan wanting to sit out for any reason because, like we talked about, that that's not them, right? They're going to play. If there's a game to win, they love the University of Texas. They're going to leave it on the field. To me, I look at it as more of a passing of the torch game, you know, like how Colorado in what, 2020 was Bijan's kind of coming out party, Bijan and Casey. Yeah. It, to me, this is like, hey, this is a big game. Here's your first team reps, national TV. Go show everyone we know you can do. Against the Washington was a top Dude, 15 were, team. Yeah, well, well, yeah, probably one of the best offenses we played. Oh, definitely one of the best offenses we played all year. All year. Yeah. It's one of the best quarterbacks, you know, we'll see all year. Like passing quarterbacks. Bryce Young obviously was the best quarterback we faced. But, um, you know, this guy's – yeah, their secondary sucks, but to me it's kind of like – I mean, their run defense sucks, but they're kind of like the Chiefs to me, where, you know, you, you, they're going to score points, and if you let them get ahead, you, you ain't running the ball. You're playing catch-up, and they're going to make you one-dimensional. Yeah. It's easy to stop teams when you make team one, when you got to stop one thing. Yeah, so, well, let's just let's talk about the bowl game. It's on the 29th, which is Next Friday. Thursday. Next Thursday. Yeah. So, uh, what – you know, it's in San Antonio. Um, what do you think? What do you want to see from the bowl game that will will, will put a, a good stamp on the season and get you ready to go for next year? Ooh, how many? How many things do I get to pick? Can I have three? Go with three. Top three. Number one. Number one is going to be Quinn Ewers looking competent, looking uh, making good decisions with the ball. You know, the, the game, Steve played really, really bad on. There was funky, you know, weather issues and things like that. He won't have that in the Alamo Dome. Um, just better all-around play, solid play by Quinn. Because this year, I think we kind of figured out, like, hey, Quinn, we don't need you to win this game. Bijan, Roshan, they're going to go win us this ball game. You just need to not lose it, pretty much, right? Or get a first down here, make a play here and there. Uh, just don't turn the ball over. So I just want to see competent play from Quinn. Two, I want to see Jonathan Brooks and Jaden Blue. You know, I want to see one of them go for 100, 150, because you know we're going to pound the rock. Um, and three, I want to see our def- our defense got toasted sometimes at times in the secondary. Um, I want to see our defense, you know, how they're going to match up against one of the elite passers in the country. Someone who, you know, some people think should have been in New York. You know, not maybe a finalist, but, you know, up there for the Heisman. I don't know where he finished in the voting, but I'm I'm pretty sure he was up there a little bit. So those are my three things. See, before I get into my three, I, I, don't, I honestly think this is a game Overstrom should play in because he'll be able to show off his pass coverage, pass coverage skills. Um. Because that's what he would be doing in this game. Four would be kind of the spy, and Overshawn would be dropping and picking up tight ends and crossers. I think it make I think it would make a little bit more sense for him to play. But yeah, it's it's his choice. He doesn't want to get risk of injury or anything like that. So that's cool. But so three the things I want to see is I want to see the deep ball connection with X. They talked about it. They've been doing it in practice. I want to see it on the film. I want to see it on the on the field. 
Second is I want to see. I, I think, like you said, the second our secondary versus Penix. And third is I want to see, or so the third is I want to see Ewers use his legs a little more. He started doing it a little bit later on in the season, but if he has a lane to get eight yards and his first couple of reads aren't there, pull it down and go. Actually, I want to do I want to do a, a three A or three B. My three B was take the underneath stuff. If the sure. if the shot if X isn't there, take the underneath stuff or whoever's running the go route, take the underneath. Sure. Yeah. Because you have Sanders and all those guys, and they'll be there to they'll be there to take the get the easy six to seven yards. Yeah, and I don't want to see any go route bullshit on third and eight, right? Second, second and two, yeah, dial one deep. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, just don't make it so predictable. Whenever you know you're gonna yeah. say, because it's Xavier worthy getting those deep shots. I I'd like to see the stats of. You know, targets over 25 yards on the season. And I'm pretty sure most, like, 99% of them are to, to X. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get, get in, you know, manageable second downs, you know, less predictable of when, you know, when you're going to take that shot. You know, it's simple football. You know, establish your run, use play action, you know, make the safeties and cornerbacks bite and then take what they give you. Um, so, Yeah. No, but I agree. And then I kind of want to see some of the younger guys step up. Um, I know Coburn and Sweat are going to play, but you ever, Sark was talking about Jamon Tapp uh, playing really, really well. You know, Jonathan Brooks, everyone's talking about him, you know, playing really well, taking first-team reps. So I, in these games, I think the the biggest thing I look for is um, younger guys taking advantage of the seniors and, the, you know, guys leaving for the NFL – not playing as much. Um, it's like it's kind of like the like the like the senior bowl. You know, the game isn't really what you look forward to. It's more of the practices and the reps. You know that they take. But yeah, yeah. In this, it's like you know, okay, who are the young dogs are gonna come up? Who's gonna take that Casey Thompson game, that Bijan game, and kind of solidify their starting spot for next year, or at least put themselves in contention for a starting spot? Yeah. So, speaking of bowl games. We're gonna to move to our pick'em. We have a seven games here. Right now, James is sitting at 34 and 33. I'm sitting at 35 and 32. So we got a lot. We got a. And next year we'll have a bet going on. We'll make a bet for this. But this year we didn't do one, but we'll have one for next year. So our first game, I kind of picked. Um, I picked a couple of Big 12, or there's, there's actually four Big 12 games in here. Um, but I kind of got a more interesting, interesting matchups. So my first one is going to be Oregon versus <laughs> USC. Ooh, is uh, and then what's Mays playing right in the bowl uh, game? Did I? I thought I saw that he got transferred to Alabama. Is that was that fake? No, I sent a link where he he did enter the transfer portal, then he took himself out, and then he was snitching on Alabama, saying they were tampering. Oh. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. I thought I saw that he transferred there. I was like, oh, that's crazy. Ooh, man, I'm gonna go with Mac Brown in this game. You know, I don't, we don't, I don't know how much longer he's gonna be coaching football. I think he has that program headed in the right direction. 
they had some late losses. They kind of derailed them. They, went, they lost their last two games, right? Yeah, uh, the championship yeah. game. and the, They lost the last three games, I three believe. Games? So I, I'm going to go uh, North Carolina, get you know, get that ship turned around, and Mac Brown finish the year off on a strong note. Okay. I'm, I want to take Oregon. I think Oregon's the better team. They're both – I think UNC's 9-3, Oregon's like 9-2. Oregon's 9-3, so. North Carolina's 9-4. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me see. What does Vegas have to says? Yeah, they got Oregon as a 69.6% chance of winning, and they have Oregon as a 14.5-point favorite. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as bad that much, but I think Oregon wins. So, our next game. This game I picked because um, I can't remember what dumb media head said this. <laughs> Said that A and M would. Someone said that A and M would win. Like, we would, if they're in the Big Twelve, they would have won the Big Twelve. No, no. I don't know. I don't know. But so I paid, or they said it in the average. They would have. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, so I I picked, an average, an average SEC team would win the Big Twelve. Yeah, and so that's what like, I paid. SEC is an average, or A and M's an average SEC team. And they never won the fucking Big 12, so. So that's why I picked KU, Kansas versus Arkansas. Isn't Arkansas's quarterback in the portal, too? Uh, I don't I don't, I don't see Jeff- him in there. I, I think the backup. The backup is. The backup? Not, not Jefferson? No. Either way, man, I'm going to go with Kansas. What they, what they did, I mean, they didn't look great against Kansas State, but, you know, Kansas State's a solid defense. Yeah. He had a lot of rain too. Yeah, it that was. Ball was super wet. I'm gonna go with Kansas on this one. The Big Twelve always has a great bowl record. Uh, it's been a long time since Kansas has been in a bowl game, and I think their offense is dynamic. Um, yeah. with, what's his name is under the center, so I'm gonna go with Kansas. And then I, I don't want to hear shit about oh Texas lost Kansas. Texas lost Kansas. They go beat Arkansas. Y'all's blue blood, gritty. You know. Uh, Dip in your mouth, SEC school. I don't want to hear shit about losing the Texas losing to Kansas anymore. Yeah, Kansas. I, I, all these a bunch of these kids are gonna be excited, you know, especially the seniors. You know, they're gonna be the first time they're gonna get to go to go get to go to a bowl game. Kansas is Kansas is fun to watch. Like if you're just an average college football fan and you just like watching football, like they're fun to watch on offense for sure. Um, so the next one I got is another. It's Tech versus Old Miss, just to prove it, prove a point again to see. Like Old Miss started off strong, but they kind of fell off towards the end. Um, I'm I'm taking Tech. Um, I'm not picking these teams just because they're Big Twelve teams. I don't cheer like that. I just think Tech Tech was catching momentum at the end, and Old Miss was losing momentum at the end. So, man. This one's in Houston. Uh, they have Mississippi State as a three and a half point favorite. Uh, oof. Man, as much as I want to pick Tech, I'm gonna go with Ole Miss in this one. Uh, I like Jackson Dart. He's uh, he's pretty solid to me. And uh, what's his name? What's the running back? He was at uh, TCU. Zach Evans. If Zach Evans is playing, I think they'll be able to run the ball on Tech. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I we need to make some separation in our in our uh, in our picks, so I'm gonna go with. This. 
All right. So the next one I have is Tennessee at Clemson, and the in the orange, the orange versus the orange in the Orange Bowl. I'm gonna go with Clemson here. I've kind of picked them all year long, and I think if Hinton Hooker was playing, they wouldn't be playing in this bowl game. They'd probably be playing for a national championship. I just think he's that much. He's that dynamic, uh, that good of a fucking quarterback. So without him, I don't think they're as good. So I'm gonna go with Clemson on that one. Yeah, I understand. You may I forgot about Tennessee, but and then um, Cade the. What? Clip- Westlake, he's from Westlake, right? Uh, Clay, uh, Clubnick, yeah. To me, he would. I, I said in the group chat, if I could have one quarterback from that class, I would have taken him over Ewers. Ewers, he beat Ewers back two times head to head for state championships. Um, he's just a dog. He's a winner. He's a great quarterback. Yeah. And then he's a, he's going to be their quarterback because DJ Ngalai. He beat him out. They they sat him in the, in the championship, the ACC championship game. Yeah, he's going. He's on his way to Hawaii. Yeah. So I, I got to take Clemson. I think Cade's probably you know low in that game. And then you have Bama versus K State in the Sugar Bowl. Bama versus K State in the Sugar Bowl. Ooh. Give me K State, man. Give me K State. Because Bryce, what? Bryce Young's not going to play, right? I haven't seen anything about it, but I, 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 he's the number one overall pick. I doubt he plays. Um, you know, Kansas is a solid team. Like I just said, they're not going to they're not going to beat themselves. Um, yeah. Yeah, I give me, and then you know they're probably pissed at that TCU game how that finished. What, what better opportunity to pr- prove yourself in a national TV than losing in, in a game in overtime to TCU? So they won the game. Oh, yeah, they did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Is that out? I'm sorry. The wrong yeah. purple team. Yeah, the wrong purple team. No, still, give me Kansas State. They're finishing on a high note then. And, you know, what better way to prove themselves than to go play Alabama? Let's, I want to see the Big 12 – Player of the year, and see his stat line after that game compared to what Jalen Ford did to Bama and Bama's game. So, because or what Cobra? I don't know. I don't know if we even talked about that, but that was just a travesty for Ford not to be the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. Like, who 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 looks at this stuff? Like, he didn't. I can't even know. Like, I'm not want to knock the kid because it's not his fault. He didn't. Get, he didn't vote for himself. Like, but come on. People, he wasn't even the. He wasn't even the Big Twelve play, defensive player of the week one time all year long. So if you're not the Big Twelve player of the week a singular time, how can you be the overall Big Twelve player of the year? It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, and I so. think that's just uh, Texas leaving to the SEC kind of bullshit. You know. The, you know, obviously Bijan, you know, sh- probably should have won, but you can't discredit um, what's his name from TCU, Duggan. Duggan. He's a dog. He deserves everything he gets. He, you know, played th- played them to, a, you know, a playoffs. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to take that away from him. Yeah, right. I'm okay with that. But Jalen Ford, there's not a, uh, you know, fuck no. There's no way. I mean, hopefully, I mean, uh, comes back and uses that as motivation. And the offensive line, even even offensive lineman of the year was 
their guard. I'm like, okay, Banks is a Banksy at tackle was a lot better than um than that guard was. So I don't know. Anyways, let's we're getting off topic. Yeah. Like we do. Um all right, so the playoff games. TCU versus Michigan. Man. As much as I don't want TCU to be the first Texas team to win a playoff game, I'm going to go with TCU. I, I'm going to go with TCU. I'm going, I'm going to go Michigan. I think Michigan takes the ball and literally just runs it down their throat all it's, game long. Out for the, they're uh, running backs out for the season. Right? I, don't, I don't matter. There's a backup. It's just going to be just as good. Um, That offensive line is so massive. They are. Like, and see what happens is TCU is going to have to score on every single time they get the ball because they'll they'll only get the ball about five times because of the amount, just the time possession mission is going to take. So, yeah, I I, I, I think it's going to be a good game. You know, I, I. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think Michigan wins it. Um, and then the last one, Ohio State versus Georgia. Ohio State versus Georgia. Uh, I'm going to take Ohio State. I mean, uh, Georgia big. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I don't think so, it's good. Well, we big. have two games that are different. Three. So, I thought. No, I think it's only two. Carolina. No, I, took, I took Clemson, or it's Carolina and Oregon, and then Tech and Old Miss. And then uh, you picked TCU. I picked TCU, took Michigan. Oh, yeah. Never mind. That's not bad. Yeah, so you got three. So you got three. All right. So I think that's everything we want to talk about football wise. You know, right now, before we leave, one quick thing. We tried to do our episode. We had some technical difficulties, but Bijan declaring, I just remiss to finish this episode and not touch on it. Man, that um, his presser is good farewell, man. It literally drew tears for me. I was sending him off, tearing up like a little baby. He is one of the best to ever do it at our school, and he is the guy. He did it right off the field as where as much as on the field. Uh, he's the guy you want your daughter to bring home. He does everything right. He was a smile on his face. I don't want to kiss his ass too much, but thank you, Bijan, for everything. We don't deserve you. Um, I'm, go make your money in the NFL. Be great. And, you know, it's, it's very rare when you can sit here and talk about how good of a person a player is rather than what they've done on the field. And what he did on the field was amazing and Man, one of the, he's the best uh, running back prospect since Saquon Barkley in my book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, the video that you put out was very well done. You know, like you said, the dude just he's a, he seems like an awesome person. I wish we was able to get to meet him. But you know, I'm hoping he goes to a, a decent team in the NFL, and um, we'll be able to there sit there and watch him play there because like the dude's gifted and. He said he he has a lot he he's a lot of like I think Saquon has a little bit bigger thighs, but Bijan is the total package and can make 
he can make he'll make a lot of people look dumb in the NFL. So hopefully he has a great career career in the NFL as well. And then one more football thing. Uh, not even to cut you off, but landing Arch Manning is such a big deal too. You know that, that's how great this class is. We just talked about National Signing Day. You know, we didn't even talk about one of the biggest fish ever landed in college football. And not, you know, a lot of people are going to go on Twitter and talk shit and say he's a three-star kid and he's only for his last name. Well, that's part of it, people. The probably the greatest football pedigree to ever exist. The Manning last name, like, you know, it's just having Manning the Mannings around your program for three to four years is you can't put a number by that, you know. And shout out to Sark, Milwee, Terry Joseph, who were his main recruiters, to go out there and prioritize him for day one, since day one, and actually land him. I, I, whenever it first happened, he talked about Texas being, you know, one of the favorites. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. And as it went on, you know, we stayed there, and you know, it to be able to sell the Manning family and the number one overall recruit and a perfect rated quarterback on the direction of your program and your vision and what you're doing speaks volumes to what Sark and, and his staff are doing here. So, you know, shout out to Sark, shout out to Terry Joseph, shout out to AJ Milwee for, for that one. And I saw on Twitter that someone said like, like, I don't know why everybody's so excited about Arch. He's not like it's Peyton or Eli's, uh, Eli's kid. I'm like, do you understand Cooper was the most athletic Manning there was until he got, I was a spinal cord injury mm-hmm. and like he couldn't play football anymore. He was the most athletic one out of the three. So yeah. we got the most athletic one out of the threes kid. I'll take it. And then on top of that, you know, you had three kids and a grandpa and probably all four of them would have played in the NFL. The chances of the offspring being good are great. And I'm not talking about physical tools. That's out the window. That doesn't even matter to me when you're talking about a man, Arch Manning. Yeah, but the physical tools are there. He's a big kid. He's a big arm. He can make any throw. But but to me, look at Stenson Bennett, right? He's not a, a world beater. When he's not he's not the fastest kid in the world. He's have the biggest arm in the world. But between the ears is what matters to me. And I guarantee Arch Manning was a college quarterback since seventh grade. He can probably read, you know, watch film, break down defenses better than anyone that's touched his campus in a long time. Um, and I'm sure he's going to help this quarterback room grow. You know, he doesn't seem like he's going to come in there and, you know, Brett Farvid or anything. Um, so, you know, it's just going to help Quinn Ubers and Malik, uh, Malik Murphy progress as well. So, and then obviously competition makes everyone better. So yeah, I know. Yeah. Fuck the tools. It just between the ears having, you know, <laughs> Eli and Peyton be able to call them and ask them, Hey man, what do you see here? You know, they're going to help him. You know they're going to help him break down film and talk about tendencies and things like that. So, yeah, I guarantee you, if if Arch was committed to anyone else's team in the country, they would not be saying this shit. Yeah. So, um, really, so that's that's pretty much um, the most of we like most we got going on for at least football wise. You know, we have a. Um, yeah, we got the, kind of ready for that bowl game um, to uh, to happen. I haven't actually got a chance to watch any bowl games. I saw. I was watching uh, Jim today. Baylor is getting their ass whooped right now by Air Force. 
That's 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 good. I I don't like. I can tell us about Baylor. Thirty to thirteen with about three and a half minutes left. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, last thing. Congrats to uh, women's volleyball bringing home a national championship. Um, that's all that was missing in Eggleton's, uh, you know, resume, and she got it. So, I know it's late, so we're probably gonna cut it short, guys. But we'll be back on soon. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's all we got for now. We'll, we'll probably we'll do one after uh, the New Year's, kind of wrap up the the full game and the playoffs and get ready for like a full swing basketball. And yeah, so yeah, we'll we're on Twitter at balls underscore bevo if you want to go follow us on there and we'll talk to y'all next time. Merry Christmas, happy new year, welcome.